السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة نستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا All praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him and we seek his assistance and we seek his forgiveness And we seek assistance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala From the evil of our own souls and our evil actions Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides no one can misguide, and whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads astray, no one can guide. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ And I bear witness and I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except for Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his prophet and messenger. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, al-Fatih lima ughliq, wal-Khatim lima sabaq, nasr al-Haqqi bil-Haqq. والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله حق قدره ومقداره العظيم أما بعد أوصي نفسي وإياكم بتقوى الله تعالى My dear brothers and sisters, I remind myself and all of you to fear Allah and to be aware of Allah and to be cognizant of Allah 
and to be Allah conscious and to be a person of Allah and to be with the people of Allah and to love Allah and to always put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first before everything and anything in the world. And to always put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first before anything and everything in the world. And the one who puts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first before anything and everything in the world has won and he can never lose. He is successful and he will never lose. The one that has Allah doesn't know what loss is. He only has success. Because all ultimate success is with Allah and ultimate happiness is with Allah. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he constantly comes to us in the Quran multiple times with this notion of taqwa. Because if you have taqwa, you have Allah. If you have taqwa, you have Allah. And once you have Allah, you have everything in the world. You won. You have everything in the world. Once you have Allah, there's no losing. No matter what situation you're in, if you have Allah, you won. Allah, he says in Surah Ali Imran, after A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. O you who have believed, fear Allah as he is meant to be feared, and do not die except in a state of submission to him. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except in a state of Islam. In order to pass away in a state of Islam, you have to be an upright Muslim throughout your life. You're not going to pass away on Islam by chance. You're not going to stumble and trip and pass away on Islam. Someone passes away in Hajj, making sujood in the Haram. It's by chance this brother lived Islam. Do not die except a Muslim. We always ask Allah every day for steadfastness. We ask Allah to keep us steadfast every day. Oh Allah, don't let our hearts go astray after you guide us to the truth. And every day we ask Allah for husnul khatima, for a good ending. We always ask Allah for a good ending. We want to die Muslimin. We want to be resurrected with the Muslims. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsun ma qaddamat lighadin wa attaqullaha inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon. Another notion of taqwa. Oh, you have believed, fear Allah. And let each person see what he has done for tomorrow. Let each person see what he has prepared for tomorrow. Tomorrow here is the day of judgment because it comes without you even being aware of it coming. It comes like this. Eh? It comes like this without you even anticipating it. So Allah, he calls it tomorrow. Wattaqullah, again, and fear Allah again. Inna Allah khabirun bima ta'amaloon. Allah knows everything that you do. Inna Allah khabir. His knowledge is all encompassing of what you do. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullah wa qulu qawlan sadida yuslih lakum a'malakum wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum wa man yuti'illaha wa rasoolahu faqad faza fawzan azima. O you who have believed, fear Allah and say what is upright. He will guide you to righteous actions and forgive you of your shortcomings and whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger. For indeed, he has achieved a great triumph. And whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger, for he was successful. Taqullah, uh, fear Allah, and say what is upright, speak an upright word. And the word that you speak with your tongue is a reflection on your, the state of your heart. If your heart is upright and straight and not zigzag, your words come out straight. If there's hypocrisy in the heart, it reflects on the tongue. Say an upright word. The conclusion of you being upright in your heart and on your tongue, Allah, he rectifies your affairs. He makes good easy for you. And he forgives you of your shortcomings because we all have shortcomings. We're all sinners. We're all ashab. We all have problems. We all have our own sins that we're dealing and battling every day. Allah, he'll forgive you of your shortcomings and your sins if you have taqwa and you say what's upright and you're a sincere individual. And whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger, for he has won everything in the world. We said it a hundred times. Obedience to Allah and his messenger is victory in this world and the next. The person of Allah, the person who has Allah in his life is victorious and he can never lose. Having Allah means you have 
salah. Having Allah means you have wudu. Having Allah means you have the masjid. Having Allah means you have uh, salah, siyam, Quran. This is what having Allah is. Sadaqah, everything that Allah comes to command us to do is good for you. And it means you're a person of Allah. You know, brothers and sisters, we're only about two weeks out from Ramadan. Maybe even less than two weeks out. And Ramadan is an interesting timing. And Ramadan is a blessed timing. And us being alive here to witness this Ramadan is a blessing in itself. For you to fathom and comprehend the blessing of you being alive and able to witness Ramadan is a blessing in itself. We have two categories of people in the world. We have two categories of people in the universe. One category is on this side, and the other category is on this side. This side is the person that he's not excited for Ramadan. He doesn't anticipate Ramadan. This person anticipates Ramadan, and he's excited for Ramadan, and he, he hears the word Ramadan, and he gets goosebumps, and he gets happy, because Ramadan to the mu'min is happiness. Ramadan to the believer is the masjid, tarawih, Quran, siyam, not iftar, siyam. Not iftar, siyam. Siyam is amazing. For the believer, he hears the word Ramadan, he gets goosebumps. He thinks of ICPC, he thinks of Majid, he thinks of Salah, he thinks of Salah. He thinks of a time to turn back to Allah, and he's excited for Ramadan. And the person on the flip side, the other category, category number one, they're not excited for Ramadan. They hear Ramadan, oh my God, man, the lunar years are so quick. We were just in Ramadan two days ago. It's back again. How am I going to go to the gym and have pre-workout, post-workout meal plan? How am I going to do my meal plan? Seven meals a day, I have to keep eating. I can't give my stomach any time to relax. Oh, Ramadan again, how am I going to do this and that? It's going to inconvenience my smoking. How am I going to smoke in Ramadan? How am I going to smoke? But then Ramadan comes and it smacks you in the face and it tells you, I don't need smoking, I don't need food, I don't need meal plan, I don't need gym to be happy. I need Allah to be happy. Because fasting is Allah. Fasting means I live with Allah. The Prophet wasallam, he ascended on the minbar just like I'm on the minbar right now. And he said, Amin three times. He said, Amin, Amin, Amin. So the Sahaba, of course, they were staring and they were confused because why is he saying Amin? We don't hear anything to say Amin for. He goes, that was Jibreel. He came to me and he told me, So he said, Amin. The Prophet responded to Jibreel and said, Amin. Jibreel, he said, that was Jibreel. He came to me. And he said to me, let his nose be going and put in the dirt. Let his nose be put in the dust. He's a loser. He's a loser. An individual, a human being on earth, that Ramadan comes to him, and he's not forgiven of his sins. And he's not forgiven, he doesn't enter Jannah. He's a loser. You have to go out of your way. You have to exert effort to not get forgiven in Ramadan. You have to do the opposite of everything. You have to exert effort to not make it to Jannah. He's a loser. And then he said, Ameen, two more times. The second time was that if my name is mentioned in front of him, and they don't say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the third one is, if one of his parents or both of his parents are alive at old age for him, and he's not entered into Jannah. Alhamdulillah, Islam comes with holistic teachings. Islam is not just wudu and salah and masjid. No, Islam is being good to our parents, upholding family ties, being good in business, being trustworthy, truthful, everything Islam. Islam is everything. Islam is comprehensive, brother. Islam is your way of life. That's what submission is. Submission is to submit in the entire way that you live. Not just that you go to the masjid and you give a speech and then you're a con artist. No, astaghfirullah adeem. You know, the, the Muslim is upright in everything. Not you come to the masjid and you go out and you lie and you cheat. You cheat everyone. Now the Muslim, he's upright. He's an upright individual. You are a, represent, a representation of Islam. Whether you want it or not, yani whether you sign up for it or not, you don't get a ballot saying, do you want to represent Islam? You are a representation of Islam. You're a Muslim, brother. Everywhere you go, you should think to yourself that I'm representing my religion and we want everyone to be Muslim because Islam is happiness and guidance and light in Jannah. Islam is happiness. Islam is the truth. If you have something so good, you want the world to have it, 
So you being upright and good and truthful and trustworthy in your daily interactions, it brings people to Islam. And you want this for everyone. But I wanted to speak about an important topic today. And that's that we said Ramadan is coming up. Ramadan is close by. Ramadan is closely approaching, quickly, sneaking in, sneaking in, quickly. Tomorrow Ramadan is going to be here. The fact that we're alive, this is an amazing opportunity to capitalize on the greatest opportunity of the year to return to Allah. In order to return to Allah properly and to get the most out of Ramadan, your heart should be in a certain state so you could get the most out of Ramadan. The same way the man that runs the marathon, he prepares for the marathon one year before the marathon. And the same way the person that goes to the gym at 2.30 p.m., he stops eating by 10 a.m. so he's good by the time he goes to the gym so he doesn't throw up. And he watches what he eats. In order to have a clear heart, a heart that's ready to accept Ramadan so you could do good on Ramadan and you don't fall on your face and your forehead. How do you do this and how do you achieve a good heart? It's simple. Wallah, Islam is simple. To purify your heart in Islam, you have to make sure your good deeds are more than your bad deeds. And if you have bad deeds, you have to seek Allah's forgiveness from the bad deed and repent to Allah and clear your heart. Because repentance, istighfar, tawbah, is a polishing of your heart. It polishes your heart. It cleans your heart. The same way bad deeds make your heart rusty and dirty and greasy. The bad deed makes your heart black. Every time you commit a sin, it's a black dot. And every time you do a good deed and you make istighfar, you make tawbah, it cleans that black dot up. There was a man that the Prophet ﷺ informs us of from the, from the people before us, Bani Israel. He was a good guy. Why was he a good guy? Because we're going to see at the end of the story, but he was a bad guy in the beginning of his life. He went and he killed 99 people. And this story is beautiful. It's one of my favorite hadith in the world. He killed 99 people. So in America, or in English, he's a serial killer. He's a psychopath. He's a serial killer. He killed 99 people. That's a big problem. It's a musibah. Not only is killing someone like a grave sin, it's one of the worst sins in the world. And it requires a repentance. So what happened after he killed 99 people? His heart was still alive a bit. You know, sometimes your heart is on 1%. You know, you commit the sin every day, weed every day, looking at haram every day, touching haram every day, haram, haram every day. Sometimes your heart is still alive. There's still 1% battery in there. You got to recharge it quick. So after killing 99 people, he felt really bad. You know, he felt really bad. So it entered his heart that he wants to seek forgiveness. He wants to, he wants to make toba. He wa- it entered his heart after 99 people. That's it. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. Because now he's just killing people to be normal. Because you smoke weed the first time, you enjoy it for 10 minutes. Then you smoke weed again. Then you smoke weed again. Then you smoke weed again. And you're miserable every time you do it. You're just doing it to be normal now because you normalize the sin. And you're deep in the sin. May Allah protect us. Uh, this guy, he goes and he asks the people around him. He goes, I need to speak to someone about my predicament. So the first thing he did was good. Sometimes you have to turn to someone for help. Sometimes it's too much. And you got to go and seek out help. And that's fine. Know yourself. So he goes and he seeks out help. But they say, oh, there's someone in a monastery up there on the mountain. Go speak to him about your predicament. So he goes to the monastery. He finds a monk in the monastery. And he speaks to the monk in the monastery. He goes, the monk is a worshiper, yeah? He's worshiping God all day, all night, up in the mountain, you know? He has no, uh, he's not doing anything wrong. And then he goes and he says, I have killed 99 people. Do I have a chance that Allah may forgive me and accept my repentance? He goes, you killed 99 people? Of course not. How are you going re- to be forgiven? You're a serial killer. You're going straight to hell. No, he told him, no, no. He said, no, no, there is no toba for you. How is there toba for you? 99 people is a lot. So he went and he killed them. So he, be- he killed 100 people now. And this man's talking too much was a source of his demise. Speaking without knowledge is a source of your demise. Nowadays, nowadays, everyone is a mufti in the world. Sheikh Hassan, he should be free from his job because everyone's going to answer for him. Sheikh Hassan gets asked a question, and the two guys next to him, they jump and they answer the question before he could even answer the question. Hassan spent 12 years studying. He's still studying. He spent 20 years studying. We spent no time studying. We use Google.com. We hear something from this guy that that guy said. Oh, of course it's allowed. Oh, anything deen-wise, we are muftis, all of us, certified muftis. Know your place, man. Know your place. Be scared to talk about halal and haram. Be scared. Be very scared. 
to speak without knowledge, be very scared. Imam Malik, the scholar of Medina, Imam Dar al-Hijra, one of the greatest scholars to ever walk the face of the earth, Imam Malik had so much adab and respect for the Prophet's maqam, he never wore his sandals in Medina. He walked barefoot in Medina. I went to Umrah once myself, and one of my friends in the hotel, he forgot his sandals. I said, no problem, use my sandals. Wallahi, I burnt my foot in one second. My foot burnt. It's so hot. Imam Malik never wore sandals out of respect for the Prophet He said, how can I wear sandals on a ground that the Prophet graceful feet blessed? How can I wear sandals? He used to put his sandals on once he left the outskirts of Medina. That's when he put his sandals on. Imam Malik, Imam Dar al-Hijra, scholar in hadith, scholar in fiqh. He was asked one time by a Moroccan individual. The guy came all the way from Morocco. He was asked a bunch of questions. And he said, I don't know to 12 questions. He goes, la adri. To 12 of the questions that he was asked, Imam Malik. And the Moroccan guy goes, what do you mean you don't know? I came from Morocco. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? I'm going to go back to Morocco. And what am I going to tell my people? He goes, go back to Morocco and tell your people that Imam Malik said, I don't know. Allahu Akbar. Imam Malik doesn't know. But every, all of us know. But Imam Malik doesn't know. Because he knows what knowledge is. He knows the sacredness of knowledge. Speaking uh, on behalf of Allah, giving a fatwa is a big deal, man. It's a big deal. This guy, he's a worshiper. We have a lot of worshipers. A lot of people, they worship all the time. That's great. Wallahi, that's great. May Allah bless him. The worshiper is benefiting himself. The scholar benefits the community because of his knowledge. This guy didn't have knowledge and he got excited. He goes, of course you can't have a tawbah. He got killed. Source of his own demise. Yeah. So then he goes, this guy, after killing 100 people, and he still feels bad. He still feels the burning need to turn to Allah, yeah? Because his heart is still 1%, now it's 0.5%. So he goes, and he's looking, and he asks, and they say, oh, there's a scholar in such and such place. Go ask the scholar about your predicament. The scholar will give you a good answer. So he goes to the scholar. He goes to the scholar. And uh, he asks the scholar, he says, I killed 100 people. He goes, I killed 100 people. Do I have a chance to repent to Allah? And the scholar told him, of course, man, the door of Allah's mercy is always open. All you have to do is make a repentance, and Allah will forgive you. Of course, there's a chance for you, man. Allah is all forgiving, bro. So he was comforted, and he's like, but however, there's homework. You have to do something. You have to implement change, you know. Sometimes you want to change. You want to make toba. You have to put in effort. You have to exert effort. Sometimes someone says, oh, Sheikh, I can't stop this, and I can't stop that. And then I ask him, did you do such and such? He goes, no, I didn't. Brother, you don't want to stop. Wallah, you don't want to stop. Because if you want to stop looking at haram, you'll take your phone, and you'll throw it in the Pasek River. And you'll buy a Nokia flip phone, black and white, and you'll stop. You'll stop. You'll seek out help. Let this guy start out help. If you want to stop something, you'll stop something. Because when you want to go get something or you want to do something, you go and you do it. It's simple. It's simple. Like, you want to stop it, you'll stop it. I can't. Uh, my problem is women, brother. I can't stop. My, and, uh, we, we're all in the same boat. The mu'min, the one that doesn't do haram. And he does halal. And he stays in the boundaries of Allah. It's a constant daily struggle, hourly struggle. We're all struggling every day. It's difficult for all of us. You're not special, brother. Your, your, your problem is not special. We all have the same problem. We're all dying every day. It's difficult for everyone. It's, but the one that wants halal, he wants iffah, he wants sabr, Allah, he grants it to him. Allah, he'll give it to him. وَمَنْ يَسْتَعْفِفْ يَعْفَهُ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ يَتَصَبِّرْ يُسَبِّرْهُ اللَّهِ In Bukhari, who wants iffah, who wants to be chaste and pure, Allah, he'll give it to him. It's simple math. Who wants to be patient, Allah, he'll give it to him. You want something, you'll get it. You have to exert effort. He goes to him, no problem, your tawbah will be accepted. But go to the city, it's kind of far. There's a city called such and such a city. Go to that city. He goes, why? He goes, because in that city, there's good people and there's a good environment. And this city that you're in is a bad environment. It's no good. Sometimes you've got to change your environment. Sometimes you've got to change your circle. Sometimes you have to exert some effort. Exert some effort. So he goes, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. He goes, yeah, yeah, go, go there. And if you go there, Allah will forgive you. Go there and worship Allah there. So he sets off to go to this far city. As he sets off to go to this far city, he's literally fleeing to Allah physically. He's literally going to Allah. Uh, so he passes away halfway there. He passes away 
halfway there, around halfway there. When he passes away, the angels, the Malaikat al-Rahmah, and then the Malaikat al-Adab, they come down, they descend upon him. The angels of mercy in Jannah come to take his body to Jannah. And the angels of Adab, they come to take him to Jahannam. And they start to fight over his body. The angel of mercy says, no, we're taking him to Jannah. He just made a tawbah. He made a sincere tawbah. And the angels of uh, Adab, they said, tawbah what, bro? He didn't do a good deed his entire life. He's a serial killer. Tawbah what? Like, what do you mean tawbah? Tawbah what? He never did no good. Lam yaf'al qat. Lam yaf'al amal salih qat. What did he do? What did he do that was good? Then a, a human being comes from a distance. It's an angel in the form of a human to arbitrate between the two angels. To arbitrate between the two angels. The human being comes and it says, Tama, we'll, t- we'll see how far he is from the bad city and how close he is to the good city. Whichever city he's closest to, whatever city he's closest to, we'll, we'll, we'll take him there. Like, if he's closer to the good city, he's going to Jannah. And if he's closer to the bad city that he was fleeing from, we'll take him to Jahannam. They say, okay, that's fair. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitates the earth to make him and push him a little closer to the good city. All based upon a sincere repentance. All based upon a sincere tawbah. The guy did no good. But he was sincere. He wanted to stop. He really didn't want haram no more. He wanted to change his life. He made a sincere effort and intention. He made a sincere tawbah. Allah, he made the earth move for him and put him closer to the earth, to the good qarya, to the good village. And they took him to Jannah. The good angels, the malaikat al-Rahmah, they went and they sent him to Jannah. Brothers and sisters, this man went to Jannah just by having a sincere tawbah. We say, how do I make tawbah? How me as a Muslim, how do I make tawbah? And it's not me, I want to make tawbah. We say, first and foremost, alhamdulillah, we're Muslim. Because in Islam, everything makes sense. Islam is amazing and beautiful. Remind yourself this every day, 10 times a day, 15 times a day, 20 times a day. You have a bad day, you stub your foot, you go to work, you're tired. Your headache, just remind yourself, I'm a Muslim. Alhamdulillah, I'm a Muslim. Alhamdulillah, I have Islam. Alhamdulillah, I have Islam. What does Islam mean to me? What is Islam? Islam is the strangest religion. It's amazing because there's no gloomy days for a Muslim. Strange, the Prophet said strange. Wallahi, the, the believer, the mu'min, he's ajeeb. All, all his affairs, all the stuff in his life is good for him. If badness is to hit the mu'min, he's patient and it's good for him. And if goodness is to touch him, he's thankful for the goodness. Every day is good for the believer. The believer, understanding what guidance is, understanding what the masjid is. Jum'ah is beautiful. You know, I was thinking about Yom al-Jum'ah. You know, it's so busy. I was coming to... Clifton now for the second khutbah, there's like a thousand cars on the street. I'm pushing in on the street, the other street, I don't know the name of it. And I was driving on the other side and I was just saying, subhanAllah, this is amazing. Muslims, they come to salah. The neighbors of this masjid were here a couple of days ago to discuss the parking situation. And they were complaining, you know, so inshallah, we, we also don't block driveways, you know. The Muslim has good etiquette. Be wary of where you park. But they said something that caught my ear. They, saw, they said something that really caught my attention. One lady, she was complaining. She goes, you have so many congregants. They're all young guys. They're all young men. So many young men that go to your congregation. Why are they all young? I was like, Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. We're cleaning up the world. Alhamdulillah. Islam is amazing. What religion has young men? What religion has young men and young women? What religion? Islam only. Haq. Truth. Islam is the truth. You come to the masjid. You park your car. You make an active effort to walk from the place you park to the masjid. This is amazing. Oh, ajr and tawab. You get to the masjid, you're wearing a nice stove, nice suit, nice whatever. You had a nice shower. Guidance upon guidance. You enter the masjid. No arrogance. Everyone's sitting on the floor. Listening to someone you don't know. Huh? Ah, haq. Truth from Allah. Beautiful. Amazing. Guidance. Amazing. Only Islam, brother. You come and you sit on the carpet. Beautiful. New carpet. Yeah? You sit down. Everyone next to each other. Just like Qiyam al-Qiyamah. We all get sent back up to Allah. The millionaire next to the person that doesn't have a single dollar in his bank account. Everyone together. The king next to the... 
uh, the person that collects garbage. Everyone together on Yom Al-Qiyamah, the same way everyone stands next to each other and prays next to each other in the masjid. The masjid is strange. Islam is amazing. No other religion. Two people, they fight outside and they come pray next to each other in the masjid. What other religion in the world? They're fighting outside, they come in the masjid, they pray next to each other. They have to pray next to each other. Whether they like it or not. Whether they like it or not. In Islam, how do you make a repentance? How do you turn to Allah? Musa alayhi salam, he tells his people, He goes, oh, after they, they cause all this mischief and corruption, the Yahud, Musa tells them, in order to repent to Allah, commit suicide. That's closer, that will bring you closer to Allah. You know, you, in order to make tawbah, go and commit suicide and kill yourself. That's better for you and Allah. And Allah, he granted them repentance. Difficult, difficult. Then we come to the church, the Catholic church. You go to the Catholic church, if anyone goes there anymore, and you say, I want to confess, I want to turn to God, the priest tells you, all right, come on Thursday at 2.30 p.m. and make a confession. You go to the priest that has 50 times more sins than you, a human being with shortcomings like you, a human being that's going against the natural disposition of the world. He's not even married. And you go and you open up to him about all your sins. And he says, okay, no problem. Look, this is what you have to do to be forgiven. You're going to pay $10,750 to the Catholic Church, and then you could also you could sign up to pay monthly. That's good. And also you're going to do a 10,000 Hail Marys and then God will forgive you. You say, Billah. What, kind of, what is this? What, what is this? In Islam, how do you commit tawbah? How do you make tawbah in Islam? No, you don't have to be on wudu. You don't have to go to the masjid. You don't have to be fasting. Nothing. No, 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 nothing. In order to, to make tawbah in Islam, to turn to Allah, to return to Allah, because Allah didn't go nowhere. You're the one who fled from Allah with your sinning. Huh? You're the one who left and transgressed with your sinning. You're the one who's ba'id. You're the one who went far. Your sinning took you away. Allah never went nowhere. First thing is to stop the sin, because it's common sense. To, if, in order to, to, to repent from a sin, you've got to stop the sin. Al-Qala'u is the first thing, to stop, to take off the sin, to stop it. And the second condition, out of three conditions, is to have a burning regret. Nadimun muhriq, to burn when you commit a sin. The believer, when he commits a sin, it burns his chest, it hurts his heart. He commits the sin and he goes to the bathroom. He looks at himself in the mirror and he's disgusted by his face. He goes, A'udhu Billah. He's, he's let down because he committed a sin. This means your heart is alive, brother. This is good, man, because everyone has shortcomings, man. Everyone commits sins. The Prophet ﷺ, he teaches us guidance from Allah, guidance from the Prophet. ﷺ. Islam is truth and perfect. All children of Adam, all human beings in the world commit sins. Everyone's a sinner. Everyone's a sinner. But the best of you who commit sins, the best of you who fall, are those who repent to Allah. Your repentance raises you in status. The Prophet says in another hadith, by the one who holds my soul in his hand, by Allah's majesty. He's swearing, the Prophet is swearing by Allah, by Allah's majesty. If you didn't commit sins, if you were not sinning, Allah would have done with you. He would have went away with you. He would have got rid of you. And he would have brought people that sinned so they could then go make tawbah and istighfar to Allah. And so he could forgive them. Uh, because Allah loves to forgive his slave. The door of repentance is always open and never closes. Don't ever despair in the mercy of Allah. Uh, no one despairs in the mercy of Allah except for the disbelieving people. The mu'min doesn't despair in the hope and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's door of repentance is open until yawm al-qiyamah. That's, that's when it runs out. Until you pass away or yawm al-qiyamah. Second thing is to burn inside and to feel bad for the sin. And the third condition is azmun muhaqqiq. It's a strong resolve, a strong intention, a true sincere intention to not go back to the sin ever. To not go back and sin again. Three things. To stop the sin, common sense. Uh, to feel bad for the sin and to 
have an intention to never go back to that sin. And then what happens after you do this? Inshallah, if this was sincere, your tawbah is accepted, you go Jannah, inshallah. Just like the guy, just like this individual that was sincere in his want and his sincere tawbah, yeah? And then what happens? You sin again. Three days later, you fall to the same sin again. What happened? You just made tawbah. The tawbah expired. That's it, Islam. No, man. You commit tawbah, you make tawbah again. Huh? وَذْكُرْ عَبَدَنَا أَيُوبَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says about Ayyub alayhi salam, إِنَّا وَجَدَنَاهُ صَابِرًا نِعْمَ الْعَبْدِ إِنَّهُ أَوَّابِ We found Ayyub alayhi salam to be patient. 